to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. I'm your host, Nate. I'm Brian. And it's so good to be with you today. We are going to be breaking down a new subject called the Efficient Service Day. And as we do, we start with a quote, Brian. The bad news is time flies. The good news is you're the pilot. Michael Altshuler. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, So... What we want to be looking at today is some ideas, some advice, encouragement about how efficiency can make for a better day. And I want to dig in right away by talking about the concept of efficiency. A lot of times in the HVAC world, we talk about efficiency as far as, you know, the efficiency of a furnace or the efficiency of an air conditioning unit. In plumbing, we have the efficiency of water heaters with hybrid models and those types of things. And even in electrical, we have the efficiency of uh, like power equalizers and, and that type of thing. Light that bulbs. Can, yeah, absolutely. Even the LED uh, world <clears throat> where <clears throat> things have changed and everybody's always looking to become more efficient on a product side. But how are we looking to become more efficient in our actual time management? That's right. Whether it's uh, from, from a technician's truck, um, a dispatcher, which we will be interviewing one here shortly, your um, CSRs, managers, part runners, warehouse stock employees um, at all levels of of any business or any life, time management is very important and not typically something that you get good at without trying, although I, I do know some people who just seem to be better at time management than others. That's probably just uh, more or less self-discipline, but we wanted to think through some of the ways you can actively improve your time management skills. You're right about that, Brian. And I, I think the word that you're looking for there is intentional. Yes, some people are just naturally more disciplined. They're naturally more on time, whatever it may be. But everybody has to be intentional with their pursuit of efficiency. Uh, it, it's, it's the opposite of what naturally happens in the world. Typically, the world is moving from organized to chaos, and it's very rare, if not impossible, for things to just automatically or, uh, you know, naturally fall into a state of more efficiency. Yeah, and some people seem to be a lot more in chaos than order already. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot harder work. Um, I would say Nate leans way more toward the side of a natural self-discipline, punctuality, uh, organization, and I certainly when I was younger and still some now lean more toward chaos. And if I'm not very uh, strict on myself, I'm prone to procrastination and being late. Um, So I've done a lot of reading. And by reading, I mean audiobooks because I don't like to read um, on time management over the years. It's something that I I really had to beat into myself because I'm I'm, I'm just kind of chaotic and disorderly. And I, I 
shoot from the hip. Um, I don't do a lot of prep work naturally, so it's something that I had to really drive into myself to, to become more successful. Yeah, I'm just thinking about a book that I actually just wrapped up uh, listening to. Uh, I'm with you, Ryan, on that one. And it's called Essentialism. And it's all about how simpler the, the simpler lifestyle can have a lot more benefits for you. One of the chapters in it talks about how we we tend to constantly underestimate the amount of time that something will take. People will do it actively while they know that they are doing it. So perfect example is how many times do you hear somebody say, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll be there in five minutes. Or, uh, yeah, I got to run to the store. I'll be back in 10. And, and everybody knows that it's a one-way trip to the store is 10 minutes, right? Yep. <laughs> that doesn't count getting out of your car, getting into the store, getting the stuff and coming back. But we all kind of live with that. And it, it, it kind of becomes this like uh, just natural way of speaking and unfortunately um, turns its way into a natural way of living as well. And so that's part of the deal. And, and that's probably a good place to start, which is just making sure that you are starting your day off with the right time allotments for what you need to get done. And when I say what you need to get done, let's start with the basics. Showering, brushing your teeth, waking up on time. Let's let's back up to that uh, first and second one for all the plumbers out there. <laughs> all through my career, career I, I would inevitably work with at least one, one plumber. And now that I'm uh, kind of overseeing all three divisions. It's, 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 it's not just a plumber thing. Waking up, taking a shower, brushing your teeth. But time estimation is really what it comes down to. And unfortunately, some people are just naturally more bent at uh, good estimates on that than others are. And unfortunately, also, I think some people kind of pattern their way into uh, being bad at estimating time. And they just, they do it out of laziness or um, you know, a, a lack of awareness, whatever it may be. Yeah, I'd, I'd say there's a <clears throat> kind of, um, I, I don't know, even an optimism, over-optimism over about um, estimations of time. And I remember being in my plumbing truck when I would, the, the client would ask me, how long is this going to take? And I'd go, shouldn't take me any more than two hours. And two and a half hours later, I'm looking at it going, this job always takes me four hours. Why, why in the world? <laughs> And I don't, I didn't even know why I did it or realize it or, and I'd be in there, you know, most of the time they didn't care either way, but I'd be in there apologizing and, and, you know, being forthright and saying, I have no idea why I said two hours, but yeah, this is probably going to be closer to four and I apologize, but it's, it's like an over optim, overly optimistic answer. Um, not really laziness or, uh, trying to mislead somebody. I just have a habit of doing that, and I still do that. I'm still the guy who says, um, you know, I'm going to go get this phone call that I know is going to take a half hour. I'll, I'll be back in 15 minutes. I, I just I do that all the time unless I'm really careful. Yeah, and I would tend to say that we all struggle with this. <clears throat> and so if, if you're the type of guy who finds yourself constantly rushing or constantly being behind the eight ball on, you know, time management – this podcast is for you, and we want to encourage you that there is a way to to correct that, and that starts, as most things do, with just identifying the fact that you are underestimating things, or you are not allowing enough time for what needs to be done. And starting at the beginning of your day, <clears throat> as you'll find out when we, um, I, I assume we'll probably talk about starting your day right with our dispatcher, that that's something that is really key in the service industry. 
in our particular line of business, in our companies here at One Hour, Ben Franklin and Mr. Sparky, every single company functions with an on-time guarantee. And what that means is that either we will pay, uh, pay the customer if we're late or they get something for free. And so it's really critical that we stay on time and it's a discipline. And that discipline has to start at the beginning of the day. And I mean, before you even get to work, I mean, like we said, showering, uh, brushing your teeth, getting your breakfast, whatever it is, and taking some time to organize your thoughts and your day in front of you so that you don't feel like you're just rush, rush, rush all the time. And we do constantly feel like we're rushed, rushed, rushed all the time. Despite how little um, I really had to do in my day in the plumbing field, <clears throat> I mean, I had some calls to run. And if the clients agreed to, to uh, any products or services, I, I might have had something to install. But I didn't have a ton of things to get done. But I always felt like I was a little behind the eight ball and rushing and um, not properly managing my time in, in the beginning of my career in a truck. Yeah, and so what, what do you want to do to set yourself up for success? And that's really what we're challenging to do with efficiency is set yourself up for success by managing your own day. There's two types of people. There's the type of people that own the clock and there's the type of people that the clock owns them. <clears throat> if you find yourself being owned by the clock, don't be surprised at the end of the, at the, end of the day if you're feeling more tired, more stressed out, um, if things aren't going particularly well throughout the day because things keep happening, quote unquote. <clears throat> but if you are the type of person that owns the clock, meaning that you are the one that generally finds yourself in control of your time. You're hitting your calls on time. You're taking the appropriate amount of time at the calls, whatever it may be. You're generally the type of person that finds more success throughout the day. Absolutely. The um, biggest producer we had in Ben Franklin here locally last year is a guy who walks around with his notebook and, uh, Every time he hears something, thinks of something, he's jotting it down in his notebook. He's extremely efficient. He's He does not hang out at the shop in the morning. He he comes in, does what he has to do, says good morning, gets questions answered, what have you, and he's rolling. He's I mean, he's on his way. He doesn't, he doesn't fool around in between calls. He's shooting from one call to the next. Um, he actually doesn't, doesn't stop for lunch, doesn't do lunch, which I was the same way. I just kind of found it to be a... Uh, waste of my valuable resources, which was my time. Um, <clears throat> sometimes I'd have a, a, a protein shake in a cooler that I'd made or a um, snack or something that I'd eat driving, but I don't know. I could probably count on one hand the times I actually stopped and sat down and ate lunch during the workday in my truck. My, how the times have changed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like a vacation for an hour every day. <laughs> But despite, uh, despite what I was saying earlier about me being in my truck and feeling like I was always behind the eight ball and really not, looking back now, not really having that much to do, certainly as opposed to now, um, I, I, w I was thinking to myself, as I started implementing time management strategies, as my mentor instructed me to do, <clears throat> and reading time management books and, and audio books, I started realizing that I, I had a lot more time to get actual things done. And then I started realizing things that I could be doing 
that were going to make me more successful. Um, so you look at who are the, I mean, two of, two of certainly the, the most, you would think, time-crunched people on this planet would be Elon Musk and Bill Gates. And they both use the, they're both quoted as using the time-boxing strategy to organize their day. <clears throat> I mean, Elon Musk is, is actively running, what is it, four companies? Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Te- uh, Tesla, SpaceX, The Boring Company, or maybe it's three, unless I'm forgetting one. But he's actively running those three companies himself. And the time boxing strategy is they would get up in the morning or, or uh, before they go to bed at night. I'm not sure which one. But they would make a list of everything they needed to do the next day. <clears throat> and they would put a time allotment to each one. So at 7 a.m., I'm going to, let's say it's at 7 a.m., I'm going to work out. And that's going to be 45 minutes at 7.45, I'm going to take a shower, brush my teeth. That's going to be 15 minutes. At 8 o'clock, I'm going to have a meeting from 8 to 8.30. From 8.30 to 9, I'm going to, you know, just on and on and on. It's pre-scheduled. So they've, they've written it all down, and here are the time frames for each one. And it might seem robotic, and it is kind of robotic, but if you don't have all this time in between where you're not scheduled, you can find so many ways to get more things done. And you'll start looking around and noticing things that you could be doing to further your career, to benefit your family, to benefit yourself. Um, like if you don't work out currently and you know how and everybody knows how, just get up and start doing some push-ups until you can't anymore. If you can't do a push-up, just get on your knees and start doing push-ups until you can finally stretch your legs out and do them from your toes. Um but if you don't currently work out, you should just pencil it in for 6.30 tomorrow morning and set the alarm and make the alarm on your iPhone or what have you say, time to work out. And when that alarm goes off, you drop down and start doing push-ups until whatever it is, 6.45. Um, and just start adding things into your schedule that you know are good for you. And all of a sudden, you're a, a well-oiled machine before you know it. Yeah, that's really good, Brian. And one of the things that the book Essentialism that I was reading <clears throat> suggested for those of us who are um, who are prone to underestimating things, automatically assume that you need to add an additional 50% to every task or appointment or agenda item in your calendar. And it will help you prevent from getting so far behind on things, right? Because you know what's going to happen. You're going to start your workout at 7, excuse me, 6.37, right? You meant to start at 6.30. Well, now you're seven minutes behind, and that means that everything in your day either got pushed seven minutes, or if you build in some of that flex space, some of that, uh, uh, you know, just extra time buffers, it helps you stay on time later throughout the day. And that's one of the reasons that here at our particular companies, the later windows in the day have more time built into them. So all of our technicians and plumbers and electricians function on an on-time schedule with windows. And that's why the beginning windows of the day are shorter and the windows at the end of the day are uh, much larger or have no window at all because we are automatically counting for that time buffer of extra space based upon the fact that we have an entire day's worth of time to happen before we get to the evening or the late afternoon. 
And so what I wanted to do now is kind of turn our thoughts to dispatching because our special guest on the second part of this podcast is a service coordinator and dispatcher. And the reason that efficiency is coming up is because the efficiency of your schedule as a service uh, service provider, home service provider in the home, and how dispatch and everything gets communicated to them and from them makes a big difference to your day. And I'm sure we'll talk about how the dispatching angle of it, you know, kind of controls your day and, and they have a lot of power over that. But you too also have a lot of power to communicate with dispatch to make your side of the equation as efficient as possible. Absolutely. And I don't want to get too much into it. Um, hope, hopefully Brad will provide some good feedback on that. But um, certainly one thing we can really get into is, is starting your morning off right as a service tech. And the biggest thing is hitting your first call on time. <clears throat> and that's being at the front of the time window. If it's an 8 to 9, you're there at 8 or 7.59. Um, and one thing that always would stop me or get in my way uh, with managing that early window would be being at the shop, being in the parking lot, being in the warehouse after the meeting, at the dumpster. As I see all my buddies, <clears throat> and I'm a guy who wants to chop it up with them. You know, I like to get feedback. How'd you do yesterday? Did, did you know everybody make some money? Any funny stories from yesterday? Anything inspirational happen to you? Um, and I, I just like to hear that stuff. I like to tell my stories. Um, and that would be tough for me to pull myself away. But once I was time boxing and saying like, the morning meeting is at 7.15, it ends at 7.45. I know I have to leave there at 7.46. So I'd be walking through and anybody I hadn't spoken with before the meeting, because that was now when I did all my truck cleanup and restocking and chatting with the boys. Um, anybody I didn't see before that and they stopped me in the, in the stairway or in the warehouse or what have you, like to chat, I would say, I got to go, man. I got I to gotta drive and I got to get to my call. But call me. And that's it. We're on our way. And that was a result of telling myself that I leave the shop at 746. That's what I do. And then making that a public declaration because as uh, Weldon Long a uh, HVAC trainer, uh, sales trainer always said, public declarations dictate future actions. So if you walk around telling people, I'm never, I'm never at the shop 10 minutes after the meeting, and you start to feel yourself being there seven, eight, nine minutes after the meeting, well, cognitive dissonance will actually almost physically push you to get your butt in your truck and get to your next call. And it's very important to do that stuff in, in uh, the technician world, to make those declarations, even if it's something you don't currently do, to make yourself self, uh, start doing it. Yeah, and I want to encourage you that <clears throat> by no means are we saying, uh, you know, you can't socialize in the mornings or anything like that, because th it's actually quite the opposite. Time management or time budgeting is actually the exact same as money management or money budgeting. You know, sometimes people will get on a budget and they'll be like, oh, this is no fun. I can't spend any money on the things that I, you know, that I want to. I can't go out to eat or whatever it is. And that's not the case. The idea of managing your money with a budget is so that you feel free to go out to eat or buy that extra item or whatever it is because you actually know you have the money there. And the same thing works with time. 
if you enjoy socializing or uh, whatever it is before you head out for the day, if, if you need to stop by the office and, and take care of some paperwork or whatever it may be, you can absolutely do that. You just have to account for it in your budget. That might mean you have to wake up 15 minutes earlier that day, or that might mean that uh, something else has to be skipped so that you can allot for this additional time. And then you can actually feel more free to stand there and talk because you know everything else that you were supposed to have done by then is done and concluded. And you're, you know, because a lot of times guys will stand around, they'll talk or they'll do whatever they need to do. And then like, oh crap, yeah, I got, I got to, I got to pull my truck together. I got to clean out some stuff. I got to go talk to this person. And you're missing the point. You hadn't budgeted for that. And so now you feel stressed. You feel under the gun. Whereas if you had budgeted for that and you had actually placed that time in your day, you could stand around talking to people or, or handle whatever appointment you needed to. And you feel free and clear to do so without the stress of the clock. Yeah, absolutely. So if you, if you need to uh, swing by the shop and chat with your buddies like I always did, I told guys just Let's, let's get here at, you know, 6.15. I was going to be cleaning out my truck anyway, so why not? All right, so really good stuff there. And, and I want to talk now about the importance of working with your dispatcher throughout the day. Again, one of those subjects I'm sure we'll cover with our special guest on the second part of this podcast, but really want to emphasize that communication has to be key throughout the entire service day. So we spent a significant amount of, of this podcast talking about how efficient your day can become by setting it up right. You know, the old adage, what usually, sorry, what starts well usually ends well. And that is definitely the case with an efficient service day. But it also needs to be the case throughout the service day. And one of those, one, one of the great ways of doing that is looking at your dispatcher as your advocate and not your adversary. Absolutely, because you can't have a better advocate in the field and you can't have a worse adversary in the field than your dispatcher. Uh, he, this is the person that can send you five minutes from home on your last call or an hour and 15 minutes in the opposite direction. And keep that in mind when you're dealing with uh, him or her that the lack of or the lack of communication between you and your dispatcher can cause your dispatcher migraines and dealing with however other many texts the dispatcher is dealing with. And in turn, cause you migraines. And that will in turn cause you migraines. I mean, at some point, there's just going to be animosity uh, with a technician who does very little communication. I mean, it's it's no different in any world. Just look at your relationship at home. Take communication out of the picture and watch it crumble. Yeah, I always like to look at these things and flip them on their head and, and, and say, all right, if you were the dispatcher, would you be okay with your own behavior as a technician? Would you be okay with, uh, you know, not hearing from a guy until he's two thirds of the way through the next time window. And then he tells you, Oh yeah, I'm going to be here for a while. If you start asking yourself those hard questions about how your own behavior would be accepted by yourself, if you were the dispatcher, I think that becomes pretty revealing. Absolutely. Or somebody who finishes out their last call, looks at their iPad, doesn't see another call, has no idea if the dispatcher has four or five calls floating that they haven't assigned yet and is just waiting to see who finishes first before he drops it on somebody. And you close out your iPad and drive home. Never text the dispatcher, never never say anything to anyone. Um, as long as I've been beating on technicians to stop doing that, inevitably somebody's going to do it today. 
and probably get called back out from their house to go run a call when the proper etiquette thing to do is just shoot the dispatcher a text, just wrapped up here, am I good to head home? And that's that. Yeah, I think one of the important things about efficiency is the ability for a team to unite together. So in the service industry, that often means that you and your dispatcher are functioning as one unit. You're on the same page, you're communicating, you're talking to each other, you're, you're relaying information as needed. He's helping you, you're helping him, and everything's working well. And if you take that out of the service industry and just think of like, you know, a, a football offensive line, right? Uh, they function as a unit. And if, if one of the men on that line, uh, you know, is, is on a different play or, or thinks something different or didn't hear the audible or whatever it is, and he starts going off on a just a completely different direction or he didn't pick up his block or whatever it may be, the entire system starts breaking down. And I think that's really relevant to how the home services industry and the efficiency of your day uh, can be applied as well, where if you're not communicating, if you're not looking at your dispatcher as part of your team, and and you're not, you know, kind of uh, giving him the information he needs, or he's not giving you the information that you need, the line breaks down, and, and that creates a weakness in the team, that creates an inefficiency that generally leads to problems. Absolutely, and the biggest problem being the dispatcher being a human being is is very prone to take it out on the tech that broke that line of communication at some point, and that can be. Uh, typically not very egregious, but little do you know, if you're a plumber, there were there was a uh, callback on a guy who's on vacation today with a leaking toilet that he fixed yesterday, floating, and there's a leaking 17-year-old 50-gallon power vent water heater leaking. Guess which one you're getting as the guy who messed up the schedule yesterday? You're going to be getting that warranty when you could have gone to the lucrative leaking water heater. Absolutely. And that's definitely something that I kind of want to wrap up the podcast talking about. So at the end of your day, what does efficiency mean to you? All right. So you've done all the work throughout the day, but I don't think the work is done because efficiency also functions as a preparation for the next day. If you are just closing up shop and rolling home and, and that's everything that you know you had to do today and, and you just shut it off, I think you might potentially be missing some things as far as creating efficiency for the next day. Take some time before you drive home or when you get home, take some time to think about what the next day will look like. Is your truck requiring, uh, you know, cleaning out? Does it need washed? Do you have uh, some return visits that need handled? Uh, Do you have any follow-up calls or follow-up meetings to take care of? Whatever it is, prepping yourself tonight for tomorrow can make a big difference in the efficiency of the next day. Absolutely. And time boxing, and I, I encourage everyone to look it up. You can probably go to YouTube and, and see a, uh, a handful of videos on it. Just type in time boxing in YouTube, and there, I'm sure there will be some videos of Elon Musk talking about it or something like that. But having that um, notepad out or wherever you do your scheduling, your your iPad or phone calendar or what have you, it should look pretty close to the same every workday. Now, the first day will be a little difficult, but as you go through it, you, you should just be able to fill in the blanks um, from the day before, just changing slight things and make that the last part of your workday. Um, 
someone also said doing it right before bed is a, is a uh, big deal because your subconscious will, will focus on it while you're asleep, getting that list done efficiently. But for me, I like to review goals before I go to sleep, think about what I'm trying to get done overall. So time boxing is, is a great strategy, Brian. And right before we close up here, any other podcasts, books, resources, techniques, or anything that uh, you know, some of these guys can check out? I think the best-selling book on time management of all time was Brian Tracy's book called, possibly just called Time Management. Um, I've listened to the audio book a dozen times, and I believe he starts it off by saying this is the best-selling book on time management of all time. Um, I don't did remember he, how Did he write that? Did he write that on the first draft? <laughs> he was prophesying <laughs> that this would become the bestseller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, he started with that. This will be the most listened to podcast of all time, by the way. Oh, yeah. That's next level. <laughs> um, that one might be like eight, nine hours long. He's got a much shorter one that I believe might be like two hours long that I've listened to a bunch of times called Eat That Frog First. And it's based around the concept that if you wake up every morning and eat a live frog, it will be the the hardest thing you do all day. Um, so do it first. And if you have to eat two live frogs as soon as you get up in the morning, eat the biggest one first. And that's just saying that if you have a bunch of tasks to do tomorrow and you're, you're doing your scheduling, make the hardest, worst thing you have to do the absolute first thing you have to do. Because once you have that victory behind you of climbing that tall mountain, everything else is just going to seem maybe not easy, but certainly a lot easier than it, than it did before you had that one done. Yeah. I, I really like, um, that policy of eating the frog first, because I think so many times we get caught up in worrying throughout the day about that thing that we have to do. Um, and it really just slows us down. Absolutely. Hey, that wraps us up for this podcast. Uh, make sure you tune in to part two of this where we interview Brad Houck, uh, service coordinator with One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. He'll be sharing some of his practical advice, uh, not only as a previous technician from the field, but now in his current role serving as a dispatcher. And if you're liking what you're hearing here and you want to make your days more efficient, come check us out. Come work for us. Uh, we're hiring all the time and we're constantly looking for people who want to join our team. We want you to be encouraged. I think that efficiency is actually a great topic that lines up with the title of this podcast as something that we want to make sure that we're doing every single day, that you wake up uh, striving for the best, that you're not willing to settle, and that you're always looking for a way to waste no day. This podcast is a production of the South Central Pennsylvania branch of One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning, Benjamin Franklin Cumming, and Mr. Sparky Electric. <laughs>